Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the wizarding world. Be warned that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing chapter four of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, The Seven Potters. Announcements and reminders. Um... We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter to join the conversation. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a train charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. We have Wizard Team merch, so you can go over to our website to step up your nerd fashion and stationary game. You can also find our store at DFTBA. So, yeah. yeah. And if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, you can rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, um, wherever you find your podcast. Or just, like, stream us on Spotify. I don't know how Spotify ratings work, but, you know, tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah, with nerd news and links to what's been going on. Um, so if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe, and you can do that at blackgirlscreate.org. Um, we don't have wizard but, other than that, there's a magical birthday. And, you know, I just um, want to, like, point out that, like, you know, relationships are hard work, and they take a lot of, like, care and consideration, and um, I want to celebrate the person that I'm spending the rest of my life with, Charlie Weasley. Mm-hmm. Many happy returns to you, boo. The best Weasley, the quiet Weasley, the Weasley that minds his own business. <laughs> you know what that, I mean, is not right. Happy birthday, Charlie. <laughs> that part's not, not in No, that's why I love him so much, because he's barely in the books. Previously on Wizard Team, um, the Dursleys depart. Hestia Jones finds um, out really who these well, motherfuckers well, are. <laughs> right. So so really, so what happens is the Dursleys are, you know, they get to say their cheerful goodbye to, to Harry um, one last time. But really, they don't. They just kind of like awkwardly sit around and Vernon shouts a little bit. And then Dudley's like, I don't think you're a waste of space, Harry. And then Petunia's like, oh, my God, Dudley, you're like Jesus Christ. And Hestia Jones, like, literally... Hestia Jones transforms into that meme of the dude blinking, just like. <laughs> yeah, Hestia Hestia Jones has to like she has her her um, values tested. Um, she, you know, has to seriously reconsider her position as a member of the Order of the Phoenix. She ultimately comes back the, to the to um, the conclusion that she made the correct choice, and you know is going to stand up for Muggles in the face of wizard fascism but like for a second she had to she thought about it she had to rethink for a second um daedalus diggle is just happy to be here yep excited to meet harry potter's family mm-hmm, mm-hmm. relatives of harry potter and his relatives of harry potter um and then harry's also getting ready to go so like the, the two the their timing Harry's departure from Number Four Privet Drive with the Dursleys' departure, so that the um, the blood magic that connected Harry and Petunia will break in that moment where they both leave to go to safety, and so that's kind of where 
we left off, Petunia has nothing to say to Harry because she is the one. So, you know, when you're watching the part one of this movie and you get a very, like, solemn scene in which you think that they've reckoned with their relationship, just remember that that's false. Also, I don't think they actually do that in the regular... I think that's a deleted scene. Oh, is it? I see it all the time. In the regular one... So... No, in the regular <laughs> one, um, it's a deleted scene because in the, like, in the, you know, the... What it, you know what DVD? it's called. I can't think of the name, but... Yeah, or no, like, the opposite of the extended oh, cut. Oh, the, the theater cut, the... Thank theatrical you. Theatrical cut. Um, yeah, they... It's literally just, like, Vernon, Petunia, and Dudley, like, driving off, and it's not really clear why they're leaving <laughs> and like nobody explains like and like why they would be going themselves as muggles like that would like help you yeah know what i mean like felt like they could personally protect themselves against voldemort but that's not the point that's not where they're we're going to albania at, at this <laughs> personal at this, at this like particular moment um in time we're not talking about that but there is an extended version where like they're talking to each other and i don't even think i've seen the full scene i think i've like said seen a gift set and that's about it I've seen it. It's it's the reason my cursed child was made. <laughs> Yikes. To be honest. Yikes. I mean, doesn't she say something like, you may have lost a I lost a sister, lost yeah. Sister. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, like, you still treated Harry like shit. And you lost that sister way before she actually right. died. And so. you chose to lose that sister, yeah, so. Awkward. You did. Sit I mean, on yeah, Sit on it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, let's go to chapter four, the seven potters. Um, I just want to say like real quick, I feel like we should kind of, because shit's about to go down. Um, I want to know what your thoughts were when you first read this chapter. Like I can't even, so here's the thing. And I was reading this chapter again, um, getting ready for it. And still to this day, I can't follow it. Like I Hmm. don't, I still don't understand. Like, it takes me until um, the next chapter, which is, like, a hero fallen or a fallen soldier, fallen fallen warrior, warrior. to figure out, like, who actually died and how. Mm. Well, you're not supposed to know who died or that anyone died. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to know that. But, like, I I still don't like it. But it's also, like, that's what I'm like, oh, oh, like, I... It happens really fast, and I think my brain is just like, yeah. it didn't happen. So I'm not going to, mm-hmm. like, you know, waste unnecessary brain space. Like, because obviously what I read doesn't make sense. Hmm. It's like, it really reminds me of um, I mean, basically my entire reading of um, the last Hunger Games. Is it Catching Fire? I can never remember which is which. No, Mocking Mockingjay. Where I literally read that entire book lost. I'm reading the words, but I can't form a mental picture with those words. Hmm. So did it happen? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was definitely like, like I was able to follow, but I think there's supposed to be a certain level of chaos where you're not really getting what's going on and and so I think like doing the close reading this time there were certain like small parts or small like moments in terms of like where Harry's positioned and like and I think that like by the time I had read it a a few times I had generally got the picture but this time I think I really was like 
clear on that. And but I also think I went into it trying to make sure I had the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like reading it the first time, um, I was a little bit in shock and I had to like reread pages over again, yeah. like after shit happened after something happened I'd be like wait what and then I have to go back because in my head I think because we're so used to and we've talked before about the um like the kind of formula that Joe like kind of uses throughout the books up until this point like even like Order of the Phoenix and um well not even Order of the Phoenix Half-Blood Prince will kind kind of like messes with it a little bit but but not enough. Whereas like with this in this particular one, like it was jarring to me at however old I was when I was reading it for the first time. I like read the chapter and was like, "That's not how these books go," <laughs> and not in like an angry way, but in a like, "Oh shit!" Like this, like everything is like going down in chapter four, yeah. and I am not prepared type of way. You know what I mean? Where I was just like, "Hold up, wait, no, wait, no, I'm not ready. I wasn't. I just." I, I thought we were doing like the Hogwarts Express portion of. I know we weren't doing right. the Hogwarts like, Express. I know I'm going to Hogwarts. Like, yeah, but at least it's like. <laughs> I, yeah, I was very much like, wait, no, I thought it was going to be like a leisurely, you know, like when we went to uh, Grimwald Place in Order of the Phoenix, and it was just like, wow, we're flying, and look at the lights of London. Like, I was really like, wait. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. That's what I came here for, or not came here for, but that's what I came in like assuming that we were going to get. And so when we didn't get that, I was like, oh my god, and like my brain, you know exploded so that was uh yeah i think it was i i think you know the the more i've read it the that's kind of still where i'm at but i still go back to like that i don't understand (laughs) make it make sense it doesn't make sense yeah (laughs) so pretend it didn't happen which i think explains a lot about who i am as a person (laughs) like my like even just in our entire reread like there have been moments and i'm like has it always been like, did, did that always happen in these books? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, right. didn't retain it. Didn't. <laughs> and it's usually mm-hmm. something like really sad or traumatic. And my brain's like, don't retain that. You're fine. Nope. It's good. Okay. So chapter four, the seven potters. Um, so Harry goes back up to his bedroom and um, looks out of the window to see the, du- the Dursleys leaving. Um, and then he gets Hedwig's cage, his firebolt and his rucksack. And then, kind of goes back downstairs and it's kind of he's having this kind of weird moment for himself where he you know he's alone in this house that he's grown up in and does not have very fond memories of it and um and even in this moment I think it's weird for him so it says the out so or in this moment it's weird for him because he's remembering the times when he was actually able to um like when he was there by himself Mm -hmm as a kid like when he when they kind of left him there on his own while they went to do other things and how that used to be a treat for him and he's like he would you know sneak stuff out of the fridge and watch tv or play on Dudley's computer or like do things that he wasn't able to do beforehand um but now it's strange because he's about to leave and he knows he's embarking on this like very perilous dangerous yeah journey um and so it's just like him kind of remembering who he was growing up, but like, and then who he is now is there's like this weird disconnect for him. And he's just kind of like, yeah, this is. So before we started weird. recording, but like, like right before we started recording this episode, I was telling Bayana about how, like, I personally feel like we, there are no happy chapters. left. <laughs> there's no, like, there are certain moments of lightness that I can think about, but like, 
I am not, there's nothing that like, there's not a chapter, you know, like with like career advice, you're kind of like looking forward to that chapter. Like you're like, I know what's in this book. I can't yeah. wait for it to happen. It's my, like it's about to jam. go down. Like it's going to be, you know, I like, there's no need to call me sir, professor. Like there are these like highlights that you're like, I can't wait mm-hmm. for this moment fast. And I don't have that in this book. Um, not to say that they're not there, but like they're they're not like the strong, you know what I mean? Like there's never like those strong moments of that. And so when mm-hmm. we start um, Seven Potters, I'm just like, damn, like it's like, like damn, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So let's yeah. get going. Let's get go into um, the damn. <laughs> so uh, don't you want to take a look, a last look at the place? He asked Hedwig, who does not, because again, she has places to be. And he's like, I want to take a first look at my recording court. studio. That's what I want to be doing. That's what I. That's what I want to be right now. But you got me in this goddamn cage. Um, and then Harry, so Harry's kind of just, um, he's, you know, he's looking at the doormat where Dudley puked on after being attacked from the Dementors. He's like, and Dumbledore was here last year and he has a moment where he kind of thinks about Dumbledore. Um, when, uh, and then under here, Hedwig is where I used to sleep. So you, um, you never knew me then. Blind me, it's small. I'd forgotten. So now he's looking at the cupboard under the stairs. So this is kind of a moment for us too, Mm -hmm. you know? To kind of like go through and be like, wow, Harry, like that's where we started off was Harry under the stairs and the spiders were his friends and, you know, that was where he lived and whatever. Um, And so, you know, so now he's thinking about like that time when he used to have, that was back, back then he used to have those dreams of the green light and the flying motorbike and Uncle Vernon used to always scream at him about it. There's no such thing as flying motorbikes. And it's just like, ha ha ha. Okay. Well, did you know? Sure. So then there's a deafening roar, which is like a good, it's a good transition mm-hmm. because like flying motorbike and then guess what? Here we are. It's like the actual one that he was just thinking about. Um, so Harry goes out into the back, into the back and sees figures begin to pop into sight as their disillusionment charms lifted. Dominating the scene was Hagrid on an enormous motorbike with uh, a black sidecar attached. Uh, all the other people were dismounting from brooms, and in two cases, black wi- uh, black winged horses. So they're bestials. Um, so Hermione, you know, Hermione f- gives him a big hug. Ron claps him on the back. Hagrid's like, "All right, Harry, ready for the off?" They're, you know, this is just they're just lulling us, and sh- or she is lulling us into this sense of familiarity, security, where it's yeah, we're like we've been here before, we've done this, we know let's, what's happening, let's have fun and go off to the yeah. burrow. Magic is um, afoot. Yeah. And so Harry's like, I wasn't expecting this many of you. Matt is like, there's a change of plan. Let's get undercover before we talk it through. They all go into the kitchen, um, sitting themselves on Opportunia's gleaming work surfaces or leaning against her spotless appliances, which is like, I just love when they have those moments where they bring magic into the, into the privet drive. Mm-hmm. And like, even though Petunia is not here in this moment, like she, her presence is felt because it's like, you know, she made sure to wipe down all her surfaces before they left. She was like, is everything spotless and together? Um, and now everybody's just kind of like sitting on her yeah. shit. It's kind of like what I imagine it would be like to walk into the Oval Office, put my feet up, and then just like eat ribs and watermelon. Yeah. Like, I don't even, like, that doesn't even really seem like something that I would do on a normal, but like, if I was in the in this mm-hmm. particular Oval Office, I feel like I'd have a, just a craving for ribs and watermelon. And fried chicken. 
mm-hmm. and all things black. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like this like sense of uh, it's not getting away with something, but just like this subversiveness, like like luxuriating in the thing that the person who's spacier and hates as a form of rebellion that I really enjoy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which to them, they're not like, there's no rebellion here. It's just them living their life. But like, also like to some people living your, like to Petunia Dursley (laughs) wizards living their life is a form of rebellion and disrespect. You know what I mean? So like, Mm -hmm. I love it. Totally. Yeah. Um, so we have Ron, Hermione, Fred, and George, Bill, Mr. Weasley, Mad-Eye, Tonks, Lupin, Floor, um, Kingsley, and Hagrid. So, oh, and Mundungus. Really quickly, though, I just have to, I was, I'm gonna read, I wanted to go through that quickly, but then when I was reading it, I just had a moment. Because why is Mundungus here? So. Or are we not there yet? No, well, no, that's, that's next. Not quite Mundungus yet. (laughs) So Ron is long, is, this, these are descriptions. Ron's long and lanky. Hermione has bushy hair tied back in, um, in a long plait. Uh, Bill is badly scarred. Mr. Weasley is kind-faced, balding. Uh, Mad-Eye's battle-worn, one-legged. Tonks is short hairs, bright pink. Floor is slender and beautiful. Kingsley is bald, black, and broad-shouldered. Oh. And I just, like, wow. I feel like we've talked about this before. Wow. Um, but black is not a descriptor for how people look. No. Because I, like, it's just not. Like, first of all, it's, it's, it's on, like, so many levels. Like, I don't know why this particular time, or I know why this particular time, it just pulled me right. Like, I literally had to laugh. Like, it took, like, I had to stop reading for, like, a good five minutes to just be like, homegirl really just described this dude as black, and that's yep. it. And broad shouldered. Um, but it, it, and broad, but like even the broad shouldered and like bald, it's like fine, mm-hmm. right? Like Mr. Weasley is described as balding, but the problem here is that no one else is described by their race, and so then it basically def- it means that we're meant to default them to white, yep. as opposed to they. I mean, you know, they could literally be, and she's always like, "I didn't race Hermione," and like they could be whoever you want, but like if you're gonna specifically call out, call out the race of other people, of some people, and then not others. Um, and we've talked about this, I believe, with Dean, potentially with Kingsley when we first met yeah. him, actually. Um, it's just, like, not, it's not a good look, and it's, like, it's lazy, and it, and also black is, I don't know what black means. And there's, like, so you many, many people in the world are and black, the- like, and you know how many different, Robin and I are actually, like, blood-related, and we don't look alike like that, like, we're both black, great, and we, like, share blood, but if you were to say Bayana's black and Robin's black, you don't know nothing about what I look like, other than that my cut, my skin color is darker than a white. Is that a, other than that I'm not white? That's all you know. Yeah, I personally, in case you guys are wondering, I look ex- I look stunningly like Lupita Nyong'o. Um, Everyone has seen pictures of you, Robin. So and exactly like it's mm-hmm. just like uncanny, sure. but yeah, it's also like very jarring because it, before we're getting descriptions of people i mean i don't i can't remember the first time we meet kingsley but we're not getting descriptions of like all of these people in a row like that like this many right people back to back and then the only person who's called out by color is kingsley is kingsley and actually like lupin is graying one moment (laughs) she has to go back to the text y'all one moment 
It's crazy though, right? Because like you look at me, you look at Lapita, and you're like, wow, who, how? And I'm like, I know. I can't explain it, but like my skin is flawless. You know, you I got you know that just that dark cocoa butter and then oh, like bright Robin, eyes. If you don't stop lying to yourself, girl. <laughs> Come on, you ain't gotta do all that. You ain't gotta lie to kick it. I ain't lying. This is how I see myself. You may Robin call it Jordan. body dysmorphia. <laughs> Robin Jordan. No. No. So there's Kingsley Sha- Shacklebolt, who's a tall black wizard. Elpheus Doge, who is oh Elpheus, that's cool. Uh, a wheezy voiced wizard. Um, Emily Vance, a stately looking witch. Sergius Podmore, square jawed, uh, with straw colored hair. So at least he gets a description of something. Uh, Hestia is pink cheeked and black haired, even though lol, well, we know she's black, so that's fine. Um, you can be pink cheeked and, and black. It's true. It's um, a thing that happens. I just, I just think that what I'm saying is they didn't. She didn't describe her. No, I know. I'm, I'm just. I'm. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Joe. Just like FYI. True. The next but the, time. But you... again, <laughs> he's he's described as a tall black wizard. Yep. And in this case, he's still black. Like that's just it. He's and broad shouldered. And, and Harry has known him now for some time. And so everybody else is looking good. You know, Arthur has a kind face and Mad-Eye is battle-worn and we get all these things and then he's just black. You can, just you can, like, you can have a kind face and be black. My, my dad has one. Yeah. And I mean, so. Um, I'm just saying. There's like, yeah. there's, you can, you can, you can be a lot of things and also be black. Um, Tiana, yes, Tiana in the um, chat says. Because white is always the default and what is expected. Funny enough, when I read all, when I read these all those other times, I was happy to see a black character and felt the connection. I never thought, oh, Tiana, you're, you are assuming everyone is white until they are named as something else or if they have a culturally specific sounding name, which is exactly. a trap and that we all fall into. Exactly. And that's why, like, and that's why I'm like specifically calling it out in this particular moment, because it's something that we've all been um conditioned socialized and conditioned to just like accept um and so it's on like and on and it's on the writers you know to like realize that what they're doing is not cool and then it's on the readers to kind of like be able to call them out and to recognize that but i also but it's like one of those like very insidious you know yeah covert kind of things that a lot of people just don't they're just like why can't we but like it literally it's one of those things that just like it pulls me out of shit now because i'm just like tell me what this person looks like yeah like what i don't know anything about him and I, i'm struck by there isn't um a panel that either i was on with mark or that mark ashera was talking about this kind of and was speaking about the first time he went to london and was on a train and saw the trolley cart and was like, she described that with such like vividness because mm-hmm. also like he, he like, I think a lot of us Americans when we were reading it just thought that the trolley lady was something that she made up. Um, but then yeah. seeing it in like person and being like, Oh, that's a real thing. And then being like, she described that with such like truth and vividness. So she has the capacity to do it for the things that she thinks are worthy of note and so mm-hmm. as we can see and continue to see in her more recent things, it's like, what does she consider worthy of noting? I also think that it's incumbent, like you said, it's on the writer, but it's also on editors. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this a lot more in um, in comics. So when there's a, like a background panel, um, 
and when you're like you're basing people out on the streets um in a comic and you're drawing a comic like i get that it's like easy to draw like a um like kind of like a blueprint type of a person you know and you're just making that all up because you make when you're drawing a crowd but like when you're drawing a crowd especially in a place like new york or something like that like there's not just cultural diversity there's body diversity there's like facial expressions there's there's certain Mm -hmm. things and so it makes me wonder like when you are walking down the street in new york or oakland are you just seeing a sea of white faces and then like what is wrong with you right you know, like if you're if you're supposed to be an artist and you're supposed to be reflecting back like your society and what you see, which is what she's doing, even though this is a fantasy, like all mm-hmm. artists are reflecting back like their lives and you are walking around with this filter where you only see people that look like you. That is a that's scary. That's a red flag. That's mm-hmm. not OK. Yeah. Something you need to talk to your therapist about. Mm-hmm. Don't put that shit on us is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Moving on. Um, Mundungus. Why is he here? Just for more yelling. <laughs> this was, and I think what's funny is like, this was the part I was ready for. Yeah. I, and I'm, so I'm still also like, Tiana said, I'm caught in that trap of like, oh yeah, there's color. Yay. <laughs> Everyone like white default. But I mean like that was me too for the longest. No, I know. But like, like up, <laughs> I, it's, it's a lot of people. I'm not saying that, yeah, you know. It's also, yeah, it's a whole lot of people as well. But like, uh, I just think it's funny because you're like, I made a point to stop and like point that out, which is very mm-hmm. important. And I'm like, and I made a point. Yeah. I mean, I did both. <laughs> to to yell about I did, but I did both. Cause I have why with multiple <laughs> question marks right next to Mundungus Fletcher's name. I'm like, who invited him? Again? Thought this was a good idea. We still do like, this. Just, like how y'all. In the year of our Lord, 1997. We but still this invite this motherfucker. They don't want to win. We don't. Like, that's how I'm convinced. Like, they just... They went on accident. What kind of allies are these? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Vernon does have some points, because what? Right. Mundungus? We already know he ain't shit. Why are you relying on him? Why are we doing this? And, like, Mad Eye's about to tell us, like, you know, this is more dangerous than we initially thought. Yeah. So, like, who else could you have called? So let's call Mundungus Fletcher's ass. Ugh. So, um, so yeah, so Harry's all, you know, he's like, wow, I'm, I feel so fond of all of you. This is so great. You guys are here to help me. Um, even Kingsley, who's supposed to be looking after the Muggle Prime Minister, but he's like, you're more important. Um, and then Tonks is like, hey, guess what? Remus and I got married out in left field. Um, and Harry's By like, ourselves. Really? No one was. Oh my God. Um, and Remus is like, my bad, fam. It was quiet. Sorry you couldn't be there. Because, you know, like, two months ago, I told her that we could, this would never work out. Couldn't be together. So, Not like, even two months. Has it been two months? It's really, it's been, it was like the end of May. It was like a month. It, it was like a month. It was like a month. And, you know, like, it, it costs a lot of money to get, in like, invitations made in a secure location. And because a month ago, I was like, nah, man, this is never going to work. And then two they weeks later. actually date, though. <laughs> no. Like, this is. They went from, I'm feeling you, I'm feeling you too, but I think that, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this isn't the best idea to marry. <laughs> yeah. Like, they got, they started, you know, they did the courtship, they started, and then they mm-hmm. were gonna start dating, and then Remus was like, wait, no, this is not a good idea. And then they spent a lot of time separately. Remus literally in- ghosted her. 
Yeah. Came and then back. They spent their, and then they spent their time separately in despair. Came and then, back. And then got Tonks had a really like impassioned speech. Where she and, grabbed like, him and shook him. Where she grabbed him by the collar him. and shook him, actually. Like she quite literally did that. And then and then Molly and Arthur gave their little like cosign from like the married couple, and then they got married. And I just feel like marriage and like a relationship, I mean like There's it's, steps. It's just, there's, there's steps well, you have to take. There should be steps. Like, do y'all actually know each other to be wanting to then, like, like I personally, when Remus decided, and we will get there in a couple of chapters, when he decided that it, was, it wasn't for him, I mean, <laughs> maybe he wasn't totally off base. I'm just saying. I'm going to save it. I'm just saying that, like, y'all moving real fast. Real and fast. it just doesn't seem possible, but also, you know, it is, um, again, a symptom of J.K. Rowling and the way that she writes. Amadi says in the span of a summer, but really, though, it Not wasn't even, a, even summer. a summer. It, it was wasn't weeks. even a summer. It was, it was two to two weeks, three weeks. Because, tops. okay, no, in the amount of time that it took Rita Skeeter to Three's write tops. The Life and Lives of Alba Stumbledore. That's the amount of time that it took for the, and not even because they said, sorry, Harry, we got married. Not, oh, we did it yesterday. They've been married for some time. Yep. <laughs> so it took less, it took them less time for Re- than Rita writing her autobi- her biography of Dumbledore for them to get married and just decide that that's the thing that they're going to do. So. I mean, when you know, you know, <laughs> but also I, like the entire plot of last book, they did, they decidedly they did not know. together. Like you, like you wasted all that so entire year. Like homegirl wasted that whole year then to then just have them get married. <laughs> like, oh my God, Lord have mercy. But again, she just released a book where two grown ass people were hung up on a hug <clears throat> for 71 chapters. <laughs> 71 chapters being tortured over a hug. Oh oh. Ain't no kiss. A hug. Wow. Cold world. That did happen. I mean, I didn't read it. I did. I believe you. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. No, the book was good. That part, every time it came up, though, made me want to punch someone. <laughs> um. Okay. So, Moody, uh, Moody's like, all right, this, you know, we're not here to discuss weddings. So, um, we had to abandon plan A because Pius Thickness has gone over. Which gives us a big problem. Um, he's made it an imprisonable offense to connect the house to all, two of the flu network, place a port key here, or apparate in and out. Um, all done in the name of your protection to prevent you know who getting in at you. Um, absolutely pointless, seeing as your mother's charm does all that already. What he's really done is stop you getting out of here safely. Uh, second problem: you're underage, which means you've still got the trace on you. And Harry's like, I don't know what that is, and Matt is like, the trace, the charm that detects magical activity around under 17s um thickness is going to know so if so if anyone if he or anyone around him does magic then thickness will know and so will the death eaters um it's really funny to keep having to say thickness but because he thick i enjoy it he thick though thickums um we can't wait for the trace to break because the moment you turn 17 you'll lose all protection your mother gave you in short uh Thickness thinks he's got you cornered good and proper. Harry could not help agree with the uh, help, not, could not help but agree with the unknown thickness, which I just 
<laughs> that sentence made me laugh. <laughs> but, okay. Um, so instead, they're going to use brooms, thestrals, and Haggard's motorbike. Um, now, your mother's shrine will break on two conditions. You come of age or you no longer call this place home. And so Matt is like, so y'all, you know you're not coming back. The Dursleys know you're not coming back. We, we good. And Harry's like, yep. And so Harry's like, cool, we're choosing to break it early because the alternative is waiting for you-know-who to come and seize you the moment you turn 17. Uh, you-know-who doesn't know we're moving you tonight because we've leaked the fake, like, lead to the ministry. Uh, we've got a dozen different houses that are protected, so they won't know where he's going. Um, so it's uh, Moody's house, Kingsley's house, Molly's Aunt Muriel's, and then some other places as well. Um Harry's going to be going to Tonks' parents' house and then use a port key to go to the borough. Um, and then Harry's I like... I just feel like everyone knows that he's going to end up at the borough, though. Yeah, but the borough has all that protection. So, like... Right. Yes. I think I think the other thing, too, is because they know he's going to the borough, he can't go directly there, you know? Oh, because they get assume... him en route. Yeah. They'll assume that he's going to the borough. So, like... He's got to go a roundabout way. That... Yeah. Double backs and double blinds and dead drops. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of those. Um, so Harry's like, cool, that's great, except everyone's gonna notice if there's 14 of us flying off to Tonks' parents' house. <laughs> so that's awkward. And Mad-Eye's like, oh, forgot an important piece of information. I'm brilliant. There won't be, it's like, 14 <laughs> of us won't be flying to Tonks' parents. There will be seven Harry Potters moving through the skies tonight, each of them with a companion, each pair heading for a different safe house. Um, and Moody pulls out some Polyjuice Potion, and Harry's like, no, you can't. Um, and Hermione's like, yeah, of course, he's, I knew he was going to say this. And he's like, if you think I'm going to let six people risk their lives, and I'm like, are you, are you What do you think they not, would be doing you moving you by themselves? Like, like as themselves, it's and Ron is like first. I mean, first of all, like they're risking their lives doing this regardless. And then right. Ron's like, "This is also not the first time for any of us, right? <laughs> risking our lives, especially given that like Harry has also asked specifically Ron and Hermione to risk their lives just in the last year, right? Like yesterday, you were on just some, take a couple some, weeks ago. Take, take some Felix, take Felix. <laughs> and wander the halls because Death Eater's coming." <laughs> That was literally yesterday. Oh, Harry. This well, is like one of those things that happens yesterday. in this in this book specifically, um, which like for the most part is like heartwarming and it's like a really interesting struggle to kind of read Harry dealing with the collateral damage that kind of happens as he's trying to get, like trying to like go on this journey to kill Voldemort. Um, mm-hmm. And so he starts to feel really guilty about that. Um, and so like, I understand that side of it but then it's funny because then the other side of it is him being like I'm going it alone and Ron and Hermione being like dude that's just not how this works and, like, and, they, and he has to do it like every time and then um, at the end he finally does get to do that you know but I think every moment he's just kind of has at every point in the book he has a moment where he's like I it should just be me um, except for that's like not the case right and it was never supposed to just be you. Right. right. And just because you're the chosen one doesn't mean that you don't have, that you don't need support. Um, and, and, you know, he's not, like, Harry has to remember, too, like, he's not muggle-born and he's not a muggle. So, like, yes, Voldemort chose him specifically for their thing, but, like, the the battle overall is not 
Voldemort, I have to kill Voldemort before he kills me. Like, that is for you. But for everyone else, like Hermione and and Dean and, like, all these other people who are born to muggle yeah. families, it's the fact that, like, Voldemort will kill them if he, if or try he, to rule over them. Yeah, if he succeeds in killing you, Harry, what we're left with is a Voldemort-led existence. Right, and that's, and, like, it's, so it's not even, like, it's about Harry, but it's not. And I think that he often thinks of it as, like, Voldemort killed my parents, like, Voldemort is coming to get me and so I have to go after him like based on all these things this personal kind of relationship that we have mm-hmm. and I think that he kind of forgets sometimes like the larger scheme of it. Which... And Voldemort's killed a lot of people's parents. I right. think like that's also something that like yes it's very personal for you but like you're not like I the mean he mind. almost murked a boy on the way to kill your parents like how many right. <laughs> you know what I mean he just like kills people when his when he's having an off day he like but have the phantom like nose itch, you know his, what I mean? Of, you know that yeah. you know sometimes when your nose itches and you want to scratch it. Well, he has that still. Like sometimes his nose yeah. or where his nose is supposed to be itches, and he goes to scratch it, but there's nothing there, and then he just kills the person next to him just out of frustration. Right. But then also, like the core tenet of his thing is that like Muggles and Muggleborns don't deserve to live, or live. at the very least, deserve to be subjugated. So like that's that's the main thing. <laughs> And I think yeah. that, and I mean, like, per, I mean, I I kind of do understand it in some ways, because I think that, like, if he were to think of it in that way, then I think that he would feel maybe a little bit more pressure um, mm-hmm. of it being like, you know, like how, uh, who was that? Daedalus, who was like, the uh, the hopes of no, the wizarding, the wizarding world, world rest upon your shoulders. And it's like, <laughs> that's a lot to have to hold on, you know, to have to, like, carry. And so I understand, like, want, like not fully going there, like, for him, like, to you know for him to be able to focus compartmentalize and and, yeah yeah. and actually do the thing because i think that if he was going at it with the thought that the hopes of the entire wizarding world are on his shoulders like he probably wouldn't get out of bed um (laughs) i know so like there's that i mean me neither um so there's that but then i think that like on the other hand he does need to have some perspective especially when it comes to like his friends who are muggle-born and who are having this direct like there's a direct um, consequence to these things not happening. And so, like, you know, the, a lot of these folks are wizards and, like, the Weasleys are, you know, they're blood traders in quotes. And so they're putting their lives on the line. Not, But I think that in his head, they're putting the lives on the line for him and they're not. They're doing it for muggles and muggle boards. And, and for, for the wizarding world as a whole. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's, it's not, it's bigger than Harry. Yeah. They're the change that they want to see in the world. Yeah. And so um so then Harry's like this is different pretending to be me and Fred is like well none of us actually want to do it cuz imagine if we got stuck looking like you. Um <laughs> and then Harry's like you can't do it if I don't cooperate and George is like well that's that plan scuppered. Obviously there's no chance of, of at all of us getting a bit of your hair unless you cooperate. Yeah, 13 of us against one bloke who's not allowed to use magic. We've got no chance, said Fred. Um and Harry's just like not you know, he's not having it, but everyone's like, dude, like, it's just, it's what it is. It's and plan. you're wasting time. And We're on a schedule. Time. Exactly. Um, and Moody's like, I, we will force you to do it <laughs> if it comes to that. Don't play with me. You know where, you know how I, you know where I come from. You know who I am. Well, actually, you don't know who I am because you spent most of well, your time with me. I was. That's not true. Great. But... He knows now. It's been. He knows now. It's been a couple years. 
But they still haven't spent um, like quality time together. Right, that's true. Um, the one time they did, he was like, hey, look, here's a picture of all your dead family members. Um, <laughs> awkward. Um, oh, God. And Harry's like, there's no need. And Mad Eye's like, no need. With you know who out there and half the ministry on his side, Potter, if we're lucky, he'll have swallowed the fake bait and he'll be planning to ambush you on the 30th. But he'd be mad not to have a Death Eater or two keeping an eye out. It's what I do. Um, I'm so glad then, Mad Eye is not a Death Eater. Can we just, like, also just. Ma'am. Thank the Lord <laughs> that Mad Eye is on our side. <laughs> For real. Because he's like, I got all the, you know, it's what I do. Yep. And we're like, damn, good thing you're not a Death Eater. Dude. I know we're not doing the whole Hamilton thing anymore, but I just started singing, it must be nice. It must be nice to have Mad Eye on your side. Eye on your side. <laughs> yeah. You know, a throwback. Um, <laughs> Mad-Eye says, our only chance is if we use decoys. Even you know who can't put can't split himself into seven. Um, which, yikes. <laughs> Harry, Harry kind of looks at Hermione and then looks <laughs> away. <laughs> That's one of those moments, like, where you just kind of like, oh, yep. mm, can't. Bleh. Wow. Whoops. <laughs> that would be terrible yeah. if you could do um, that. Imagine. Jeez. Can't, like, wow. Um, so then Harry, you know, gives Moody some hair. And then they drop it into the Polyjuice Potion, which turns a clear, bright gold. And Hermione's like, you look much tastier than Crab and Goyle. And then Ron's like, oh, really? Does he? And then Hermione's like, well, you know what I mean. Goyle's potion looked like bogeys. Um, which is so then, just like, dude, really? Honestly, I wasn't sure. Right now? If, I don't, I, to me, I didn't read it as, as jealousy. In this, like, I know it's Ron, but this, like, literally, all he does is raise his eyebrows at her. So to me, it's just like, did you Teasing. catch how that sounds? Yeah, yeah, like a he looked tastier. Than, okay, that's what like, she said. I don't know. Like, if I had heard somebody say some shit like that, I'd be like, oh, really? I maybe I'm just like <laughs> raw from the thing that ended up in the Slack earlier today with the homeboy that got mad over a <laughs> a cartoon character. But I'm just like, Amani's with you. Can, can we just have a moment? <laughs> Are you gonna like? Yeah. Challenge Harry to um, <laughs> to a duel to a not a duel a, a Nintendo video Switch game. video game <laughs> off or whatever the fuck. So like, funny. Yeah. Oh. Um. So Moody has the fake Potter's lineup. Um. So it's Ron, Hermione, Fred, George, Floor, and then Mundungus, who's obviously um reluctant and wants to be a protector. And I'm like, for whom? Who who are you protecting? Ow. <laughs> Yourself? I don't I don't understand. And I just again, why is he here? Why? Like, is the order why can't we have why can't we have just six have potters? The order lost? Like other is there no yeah, also yeah, we can have six potters. That's cool. Or that seems know, like a good number of decoys. You know? It just seems like we don't need him. <laughs> just You know, you could even double up. You can even have one maybe not. Or if you want to, like, you have Moody and, like, Kingsley with the Hermione Harry or whatever. Then it, like, yeah, because her, Hermione would but be... Then the, she, maybe not Hermione. Maybe, I don't know. Bill. They're all... Maybe, yeah. But if you had them with, like, a, then people would go after them because it's like, oh, he has two. But, like, maybe not. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just Mundungus should not be here. Um, there, are, there are other options. Yeah. Um. So then the six of them all drink... And they, you know, start turning into Harry, and it's a very strange situation. 
um, Fred and George turned to each other and said, wow, we're identical. Because they're the best and the cutest. Um, Flora's like, Bill, don't look at me. I'm hideous. <laughs> it's just cold um, Like, Moody right has, in Harry's face. Just right in his face. Um, Moody has them change clothes. Um, the real Harry thought this might be the most bizarre thing he'd ever seen. He felt like asking them to show a little more respect for his privacy as they all began stripping off with impunity, clearly much more at ease with displaying his body than they would have with their own. Um, And in the chat, Tiana says that she thought it was rude that they did that, but she must admit that she only thought that because because Harry did, and um, and if she was someone who had turned into him, she would have been too goal-driven and trying to check off everything on her to-do list, which I get, because you're like, okay, I gotta get dressed, I gotta make sure I do this, I gotta make sure I do that, you know, we're about to, I'm about to be Harry Potter in the sky. Also, Harry is tall. He is. So, Mm -hmm. they're probably like, he's secure in himself. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. He's been named which weekly's most eligible man. Sure, he's been been in the Quidditch uh, changing room before, you know? Yeah. Like, you always think that other people are much more confident in themselves than you are. It always feels like you're the only person with um, insecurities like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I think that also is probably, and they just weren't thinking. Yeah. Um, Ron's like, I knew Jenny was lying about that tattoo, which is like, that's been just weighing on his chest for <laughs> some time. But also, like, with Polyjuice Potion, like, if I... Because the thing is, like, the hair is, like, your DNA, right? Mm-hmm. So if I got a tattoo when I was 20, does my hair then encode no, that? that? Yeah, and, like, the, the design and that. This, this is why she has to be more careful about what she writes, because we're nerds. <laughs> and that kept me up for a little bit. Did it? Yeah, like, if I have a scar, so, like, yeah. Harry has, they all shouldn't they all be drawing on the lightning bolt scar? Because mm. he got his scar at one. It wasn't born. He wasn't born with the scar. It it's not like a right. genetic deformity or something. But but I think with the scar, it could be, it could be included just because it was a, um, cause it's a curse. So that could change his DNA. DNA. Like it has changed yeah. a lot about him. Um, That's true. Like ju- it's not just like a visual thing. So for the scar, I think it could potentially, but things like tattoos, I don't, I yeah, and like cuts and bruises that he got along the way. I just feel like, yeah. what what is the magic here? Because it's like you need a piece of him, mm-hmm. but that piece of like his hair is not. I don't know, like a skin. I don't know. It's just things to think about. I get, I get what you're saying. Um, Harry, your eyesight really is awful," said Hermione, as she puts on uh, glasses. Which I'm man. I mean, they replicated his prescription pretty. Easily, I guess, you know, there's a spell for that. Yeah. Um, I bet you, like, magical glasses do not have a prescription. They're just, like, the 2020 vision. Yeah. True. And correct accordingly. Like, self-correcting glasses. Oh, man, I wish I was a wizard right now. (laughs) Also, self-cleaning glasses. These these shits are dirty. Self-cleaning would be clutch as well. Um, so they each get uh, rucksacks, owl cages, and each containing a stuffed snowy owl. Um, and then Harry's like, 
or sorry, Moody's like, cool. The pairs will be as follows. Mundungus will be with me by broom. Um, and then Mundungus Harry is like, why am I with you? And it's like, why? You know why. Let's not act like you don't know who you are. Let's not do yeah. that. Um, so um, Amani says that Mundungus is there because they don't trust him not within arm's reach and they want to keep an eye on him at all times. Um, and that it was Dumbledore's call to bring him in and no one else was behind it because, you know, Amani got Amani. But I think that this is true, but I wish that, like, they would have just left him at the borough or I at Tonks' parents' just, house. Who allowed him to be in the order? In the, I mean, we know who. We know who. But, like, why was he allowed to be in the order in the first place? But like, I, we talked about, like, he has, he has, his, he's, he has his uses, but, right. like, they don't necessarily lend themselves to being a full-time member of the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, he doesn't need to keep secrets or yeah you know be privy to the order secrets um but also it's to me the problem too is like it just becomes um well i'm trying to think of the word it's it's counterproductive like matt matt i shouldn't be spending his time uh policing mundungus's actions right now like matt i should it's like it's better spent focused on making sure that everything goes well and a large part and like minimizing the distractions and the things that can go wrong. And like Mundungus is just a huge distraction and mm-hmm. big thing that can go wrong. Exactly. Definitely. Um, so Arthur's going with Fred um, and then, you know, they do their little, I'm, I'm George. Can't you tell us apart when we're Harry? I'm just yanking your wand. I'm, a, I'm Fred really. So just, you know, humor in the dark times. That's why they're here. It's important. Uh, enough messing around. Uh, the other one, George or Fred, whoever, you're with Remus. Um, Bill is taking Floor on Thestral um, because she's not fond of brooms and then Floor gives him a look that Harry hoped in all his heart would never appear on his face again. <laughs> it was probably the most like lusty ass look and he's like, yo. He was like, and after she was like, and when it's Polly's question, we're off. It's I'm gonna show him happened. what I am fond of. Exactly. And Harry's like, yikes. Yikes on bikes. (laughs) He's like, why am I in this? I just, what's this got to do with me? Um, Also, that has got to be really funny if you were the Death Eaters following Bill and Floor Harry, Harry Floor. Um, And then you're like, are they making out? What is, is that? I never knew that about Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Cool. Yeah. New information here. Yeah. We're learning. Take that back to the Dark Lord. Yeah. Did you know the Chosen One also chooses to be in same-sex couple? But also with, like, someone who's, like, much older than him. Much older than him. I mean, I know he's an adult or whatever now, but... Yeah. Yikes. Um... Miss Granger with, uh, is with Kingsley, um, and then Ron is with Tonks, and Ron is like... Gotta keep the blacks together. Awkward. Um, yes, you do have to keep the blacks together. <laughs> the blacks. Um, and then Harry is with Hagrid. They're gonna be on Hagrid's motorbike, um, and Aww. then they gotta they have a sidecar. Um, and Harry's like, that's great. He feels... Yeah. Harry's like, that's great, even though he's kind of like, why am I with Hagrid? Hagrid. But like... Hagrid at least Hagrid has... can't do no magic. <laughs> well, my thing is, is like Hagrid can't do magic, but my thing is, is like 
in terms of usefulness, Haggard yeah. is up there more than Mundungus, or even just oh. like loyalty. You know what I mean? Right. Like and I Haggard just, is going to fight to the death to make sure that his 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 dude is fine. Right. Like even if he, you know, he has his problems, but you can trust that he will at least be doing his best, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not that he'll be, you know, as we later find out, operating off the scene. Um, right. But I also it took this moment to just think of like who else in, who are the other order members like Molly couldn't go and I'm assuming that's because they didn't want all the Weasleys except for uh, Jenny to be in the line of fire I'm just assuming that was what it was yeah um, which I feel like is valid and then like McGonagall couldn't do it but maybe I guess she had to like what's even happening with Hogwarts at this point because she had all nothing to yeah do Hogwarts with. is not in session yet so. I know, but like, yeah. I and think like maybe she, because the ministry has fallen, but it's still like in the public. Right, there's certain people the, they can't ask. Abercorn, yeah, like I she, know she can't be like outwardly yeah. supporting Harry at this moment because then she that. could get fired. I put Aberforth, but like I know that he's kind of like done with the order at this moment. I was just like, what about Lee? What about some like member, like older members of the DA who you know at this point? Because Fred and George are now a part of the order. What about some of them other ones? I just felt like there were alternate alternatives to um, Mundungus, and there were, and there were just they didn't choose them. They didn't choose Um, them. They didn't. So we think the Death Eaters will expect you to be on broom," said Moody. Um, Snape's had plenty of time to tell them everything he's ever he's never mentioned before. Um, So if we do run into any Death Eaters, we're betting they'll choose one of the Potters who look at home on a broomstick. Um. Ooh, God, I hope they didn't put Hermione on a broom, right? No, she's on Thestral. She's on Thestral with uh, with Kingsley. Which, like, you know, she can't see... Well, no. mm. I don't think she saw that one Death Eater get killed, and she didn't see Dumbledore get killed, so I don't think she can see Thestral still. But maybe Kingsley can, and he's an R and stuff, so... He got her. We good. Um... So Harry goes to fetch his rucksack, Firebolt, in Hedwig's cage before joining the others. Um, So then Harry's like, is this it? Is this Sirius's bike? The very same, said Harry. Last time you was on it, Harry, I could fit you in one hand. So it's just like we're getting this this chapter. And the one before, it's very much just like the the parallel to chapter one of Sorcerer's Stone. And it's like a kind of full circle. He's leaving and it's just very um, it's just very rude emotional. is that what you're trying to say it's very <laughs> unnecessarily like a Hufflepuff wrote this is mm-hmm. that what you're trying to say Hufflepuff did write this that did happen um <clears throat> so Ron so Harry like is feeling humiliated because he has to be in the sidecar but I'm like dude chill um He's stu- except for the fact that the sidecar does not have an undetectable extension charm in it, so that just seemed like a miss. So he has to stuff his rucksack and broomstick down by his feet. I just felt like he maybe should have just left the broomstick. He definitely should have. Accio that shit afterwards or something. Yeah, that just seemed like a bad idea. Um, and then had to ram Hed- Hedwig's cage between his knees when really he could just let her go. She has places. Let her fly. She has places to be at this moment. Um... Arthur's done a bit of tinkering, said Hagrid. Um, it's got a few tricks up its handlebars now. That one was my idea. He points out a purple button, and Mr. Weasley's like, please be careful, I'm still not sure that was advisable, and it certainly was only to be used in emergencies. 
Like, pretty much everything Hagrid comes up with. It's going to shoot, like, a manticore and a, or a fire. Blasted its Groot. Blasted its Groot out of its thing. Yeah. Oh, man, like a flying Blaskin its Groot that you, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that's what you get if you're a Death Eater. That's what you deserve. But, like, do you? Because, yeah, rough. Oh, that's God. a rough way to go. Yikes. Um, so everyone mounts their brooms. Hold on, hold tight now, Ron, said Tonks. And Harry saw Ron throw a furtive, guilty look at Lupin before placing his hands on either side of her waist. But, like, does Remus really care? Like, right? Like, like who? Why? Right? You're a child. On top of the fact that, like, y'all are about to, you're fighting Death Eaters. Remus right. didn't say, I have to be with Tonks, so she has to be hit. Like, he's not tripping. He'll be this- here with George. Mind his toxic business. masculinity. Like, I, I don't, is is it even masculine? I like, don't know. What is that? <laughs> Dumb. You are not anybody. Like, he's not worried about you. You're not a threat. They literally proclaimed their love three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> They're secure in it. They're fine. They've been dating for hours now. Mm-hmm. Hours. Mm-hmm. So who are you? Not tripping off you, bro. Like, he's your literal professor. Just not y'all are not even on the same. Not at all. But okay. But okay. Um. Good luck, everyone. Also, he and... doesn't toss a furtive glance at Tonks. Like, nah, Tom, you know, he's like not... he's not like sorry. I didn't. You know, I don't want to. Right. He's not like sorry, Tonks. He's like yeah. sorry, Remus. Sorry, Remus. I'm Goddamn manhandling sorry. your property. Wizarding sexism. The worst. <laughs> Um, good luck, everyone, shouts Moody. See you all in about an hour at the borough on the count of three. One, two, three. Um, and then it immediately is going down. So that that's a thing that's happening, is that it's immediately going down. And I, again, just want to... 13-year-old Bayana was not prepared for things to immediately go down on, on, episode, on page 55. Was not ready. So Harry feels the sidecar give a nasty lurch as the motorbike rises into the air, um, his eyes watering, hair whipping off his face. Around him, brooms were soaring upward too. Um, the long tail, black tail of a Thestral flicked past. Um, they, so, so great was his discomfort that he almost forgot to take a last glimpse of number four Privet Drive. And by the time he looked over the edge of the sidecar, he could no longer tell which one, which one it was. Um, higher and higher they climbed into the sky and then out of nowhere, out of nothing, they were surrounded. At least 30 hooded figures suspended in midair formed a vast circle in the midst of what, which the order members had risen oblivious. Screams of blaze, a blaze of green light on every side. Haggard gave a yell and the motorbike rolled over, which is just like Haggard. Why'd you do that? Harry lost any sense of where they were. Um, Hedwig's cage, the firebolt, and his rucksack slipped from beneath his knees. No, Hedwig. The broomstick spun to earth, but he just managed to seize the strap of his rucksack and the top of his cage as the motorbike um, swung the right way up again. A second's relief, and then another burst of green light. Harry ducked as the lock to Hedwig's cage swung open. The owl took off, shouting, boy, bye, as she flew away from the fray. Hedwig then goes to Heathrow, um, where she catches a flight to Houston, and there she rejoins her R&B group, Destiny's Child, where they're finally able to use her real name, Beyonce Giselle Knowles. So, goodbye, Hedwig. We'll miss you. But also not, because now, you know, 
We get Hagrid, we've got to go back. We've got to go back, he yelled over a thundering war of the engine, pulling out his wand, t- ramming Hedrick's cage onto the floor, refusing to believe that she had said boy bye. Yep, that she said. And left him. I have to go now. Hagrid, turn around. My job's to get you there safe, Harry, bellowed Hagrid. Stop, stop, he shouted, but he looked back again. Two jets of green light flew past his left ear. Four Death Eaters had broken away from the circle and were pursuing them, aiming for Hagrid's broad back. Hagrid swerved, but the Death Eaters were keeping up with the bike more. Oh. Sorry, I just wanted to um, pause. So he keeps saying stop and go back and all this stuff, but like, and a part of that, it's like his, you know, it's his his Gryffindor mind where he's like, um, where he's like, we have to go back and help everyone else. But like, mm-hmm. the point is to get you to safety. And so right. I do appreciate Hagrid being like, no, we're not doing that. There's, there's no going back. <laughs> yeah. Like we have to keep going, especially given like, it's 30 of them, John, like they're coming after us too. So yeah. we got to, you know, make sure we're good before we worry about the other people. Right. Like we didn't we didn't plan this whole thing out, right? For us to then turn around and run straight into the arms of the Death Eaters, mm-hmm. especially because the best witch just said boy bye and went to Heathrow, like, you know, yeah, exactly. The numbers now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he cried supervive with the red bolt. Uh, so Hagrid says, uh, "Hold on, Harry, this will do it for him," and he pushes a green button. Uh, near the fuel gauge, a solid brick wall, brick wall, sorry, erupts out of the exhaust pipe. Um, one of the Death Eaters runs straight into it and then drops um, his broomstick broken in pieces. One of the Death Eaters goes back to save him. More cur- killing curses flew past Harry's head. Um, he's shooting stunning spells over his shoulder. Um, and then Harry's like, he thinks he thinks wildly of fireworks and the muggles below who would have no idea what was happening. Um, and then Harry, Hagrid pushed, uh, jabs a second button and a, grit, a net bursts out from the bike's exhaust, but the Death Eaters are wet, are ready for it. So it ends up really just slowing them down. Um, and then Hagrid pushes the purple button. Um, and? so Dragonfire burst from the exhaust, white, hot, and blue, and the motorbike shot forward like a bullet with the sound of wrenching metal. Um, the sidecar swayed ominously. Its metal connections to the bike had splintered with the force of acceleration. And so just like it was a good idea in theory and practice, it just caused some more problems. Like it works if you're by yourself, which I think is yeah. why Arthur was like, mm, maybe yeah. we don't do that. Um, it's all right, Harry, bellowed Hagrid. Um, now thrown flat onto his back by the surge of the speed. No one was steering now, and the sidecar was starting to twist violently into the bike's slipstream. I'm on it, Harry. Don't worry. And he pulls out his umbrella. <laughs> like, boy, you can have a wand now. Like, so so there's a couple things. Um, so so first, so Hagrid, so Harry's like, Hagrid, no, let me. And then he says, Reparo. And then the sidecar breaks away from the bike completely. But there's a couple things. The first is that why are we making this burrow a professor when he can't, when he doesn't have an actual wand that he can use? But in also addition, like, in addition to like him not only having a second year education or not even really a third year, like half of a third year mm-hmm. at magical education, like he doesn't have a wand that works. And we've seen multiple times. We saw it with Ron in his second year. The parallel. He had a broken wand. 
and all of a sudden he's throwing up slugs. And then my thing too is that like Hagrid, you haven't had a working wand in over 50 years. So at this point you should know that that's not, you don't need to carry it around for anything more than memorabilia. You don't need to like- You can get a wand now. You can get a wand, you can get a wand now. So like go do that. (laughs) But like, even if you don't have, even if you're not getting a wand, like you don't carry that one around. It's if you're about to fight, if you know you're going on like this mission to save Harry Potter and to like, you know, the super secret and important order mission, why are you bringing your wand? What is it going to do? Like, it's just besides break the sidecar off the damn motorcycle. Like I just, it seems like a mess. He's so, I mean, I, I, like, what is even the, like, my thing is like, I tweeted this, um, because his birthday was last week. You're a terrible professor. <laughs> yeah. You're a beautiful human being. But like, just like recognize your limitations, my dude. Because, woo. You did not think that one through. Yeah. At all. I mean, so, and I just, and my thing is too, is, is like, again, because it's been 50 years, like he knows that he can't use this. And so it's not like it's a reflex. Right? Like, it's not like he just got his wand broken last week and now he still kind of has it and he's like, oh shit, whoops, sorry, I forgot it didn't work. Like, he knows this. And this but he's moment, been like, using, I think the thing is, like, he's been using it um, for, like, basic things. Yeah, and like so he, he feels, he's got, it's been 50 years, but it's been 50 years of him, like, you know, using this wand pretty regularly with mixed results every single time Mm -hmm. but like he's like you know five times out of ten like 50 percent of the time yeah it does what it needs to do and you're and like we're like okay but we're in a war now and also they're definitely just following us i have a working wand i have six years of magical education to your three Mm -hmm. so like 50 percent of the time or 95 percent of the time hagrid like come on Come on. They don't, they don't teach math at Hogwarts. <laughs> they don't. <sighs> Tiger wasn't there that time. He missed that day. Um, so, in desperation, Harry pointed his wand at the sidecar and shouted, Wingardium Leviosa. I do want to point out that I love that we get callbacks and actual spells and not just flashes and bangs. Also, I wanted to point out, too, that the Death Eaters are on brooms. Yes. And they're not Because, you know smoky blocks yeah. or whatever uh but yeah i just like i feel like it's a big I don't know deal why i feel like that we don't say it can fly without can a fly. and and that we're gonna see that in a bit too but like i i feel like we don't say it enough like i just love that we get like in the in the battles we actually hear like spells that they're using and they're doing different things right like yeah harry or haggard using Reparo and then it doesn't work and he's been like regarding leviosa it's the first spell i ever learned but like it's gonna work for a little bit right now right it's not just stupefy it's not just like impedimenta and he's using those spells as well but he's also using like he he's diversifying you know it's not just like that wow that was a bright dang like but whatever anyway um the sidecar rose like a cork, unsteerable, but at least still airborne. Um, but then there's still three Death Eaters clo- closing in. I'm coming, Harry, Haggard yelled. Um, and then Harry points, uh, and he shouts impedimenta, which hits 
the middle Death Eater in the chest, and for a moment the man was absurdly spread-eagled in midair as though he had been hit by an invisible barrier. One of his fellows almost collided with him. Um, and then a huge hand seized the back of Harry's robes and hoisted him out of the plummeting sidecar. Harry pulled his rucksack with him as he was dragged onto the motorbike seat and found himself back-to-back -back with Hagrid. Um, Harry spat blood out of his mouth, pointed his wand at the falling sidecar, and yelled, Confringo. Um... And so it's just like I love it. Like there's a lot going on, but I like. But I also like he's pretty much love that he uses a, a spell that we haven't really heard him use before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. In this moment, because I'm like, oh, Harry does know more than Expelliarmus, and then the exactly. next spell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but still, um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, quick, oh, look at that. Exactly. Real quick, backing up, Sterling says that Hagrid is just not good at magic. Um, I bet his wand works fine. Dumbledore probably fixed it with the Elder Wand like Harry did his, and he just hid it in the umbrella. Hagrid is just inept. Which, I mean, I mean is possible. I didn't think about the Elder Wand, so, you know. Right, he probably did get his... He, yeah, they might have, like, made a whole thing about it, because Dumbledore was, you know, um, instrumental in him getting clearing his name and being able to teach and use magic again mm -hmm. i'm sure it was like a you know like a ceremony like instead of you know getting a cake he got a, his wand fixed but yeah he also and like it's like hagrid is inept yes but he has a third year education so he just wasn't he also just wasn't taught right and the hubris of him not thinking that he needs to go back and go to school. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. um, L says maybe his giant DNA affects his magical ability, and I think affects it makes it seem like, I think maybe there's just some differences. Well, because I'm going to say, um, Madame Maxime is also, like, she's a headmistress of bow battens and right. can do magic. Like I would say that it probably, like, I mean, you know, I'm sure it would be a difference, part, though. If there's a difference, yeah, like, magic responds to him differently, maybe, and he's mm -hmm. so... Yeah, so it might... If it, he's stuck on doing it, like, the wizard's way. We know that, like, Hagrid buys into, like, that kind of, like... He downplays his... Um, not downplays. He's proud of his half-giant self, but, like, his giantess mother, but, like, does very much, like, put... Hogwarts and that education on a pedestal because Hogwarts equals Dumbledore to him. Um, but he just doesn't have the education. If if Harry Potter was doing this in third year, it would be the pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, totally. Um, so then... Mm. Okay, so then Hagrid's, like, apologizing. He's like, you've you've got no room. And Harry's like, just keep flying. Curses come shooting at the um, intervening space again, or across the intervening space. Harry knew that Hagrid didn't dare use the dragon fire button again with Harry seated so insecurely. Um, he's shooting off stunning spells. The closest Death Eater swerves to avoid it, and his hood slips. Um, and by the red light of his next stunning spell, Harry sees the strangely blank face of Stanley Shunpike. Um... So there's there's like a, a what's the word? You're supposed to infer from this that Stan has been imperious, um, which is totally possible. You know, like he could have got mm -hmm. to um, Azkaban, and then when they did whatever the last breakout was, um, it's been like cool. Come with us, Imperio. 
We need some, yeah. we need some more people. I mean, you know, we need numbers. Not gonna say that that's not. I mean, it's you know, it's unforgivable or whatever. But like, they got thirty people, and the order has fourteen. Fourteen. So 14 it's a tactic. People. Yeah, it's a move. I think um, it's a it's it's it is though something that people kind of take for granted as like the truth, and mm-hmm. Harry as well is like they imperialist him, and it's, right. but it's still but a little grayer that. than we don't know that. Right, like it's possible, but also could also not be the case. Yeah. And in this moment, like it shouldn't, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> At this, point, at this moment, he's trying to kill you. Yeah. And so, it's unfortunate, but, like, this was going on. Um, Keep your head in the game. Mm-hmm. Expelliarmus, Harry yells. That's him. It's him. It's the real one. And the Death Eaters um, fall back. Uh, and Hagrid's like, what happened? And Harry's like, I don't know. Um, he's like, how have the Death Eater known um, that I that he's a real one. He's like trying to figure out what's going on. Doesn't know where they are. Cause you got one spell. One spell. Um, and so then he clambers around on the seats, face forward, and then seizes hold of the back of Hagrid's jacket. Tells him to do the dragon fire thing again, so they could get out of there. Um, so he does that, and then Hagrid's like, "I think we've lost them, Harry. I think we've done it." But Harry's not convinced. Um, we're nearly there, Harry. We we've nearly made it. Then the scar on his forehead burned like fire as a Death Eater appeared on either side of the bike. Two killing curses missed Harry by millimeters cast from behind. And then Harry saw him. Voldemort was flying like smoke on the wind without broomstick or thestral to hold him. His snake-like face gleaming out of the blackness, his white fingers raised, raising his wand again. So again, um, I'm pretty sure that this might be where uh, Yates and them got the idea of the smoke. But also, mm-hmm. it's only Voldemort, and that was like, and a it's big a deal. big deal. It's a big deal. They say it often. Voldemort can fly, like they say it all the time. And then when Snape can do it, they're like, "Wow, Snape learned some tricks from his master." But it's always like, "Oh my goodness, he can fly." Yeah, like it's like in it's like in Shrek when Donkey gets hit, like at the beginning when he gets hit by the little fairy dust or whatever, and then he's like. I can fly. And Peter Pan's like, he can fly. That's like literally what it is every time we see him fly. So yep. I just feel like. It's a big deal, man. Only, only Voldemort, only people we know that can fly. Voldemort, Snape, and Voldemort's baby love child who oh. will be flapping her wings. Oh. Cause she's the Osprey, Augury, mm-hmm. Osprey, Offspray, whatever her name is. Yikes. But. Even she can't fly like Voldemort does. She has to flap her arms. Does she, though? According to the play. That actress, I'm sorry. Okay. Like, um, nope, moving on. Because I think pretty sure that's flap- just... She was flapping her arms. But I, but the thing is, is that I'm pretty sure that was like... That's not her. That's directing. Uh, we don't... Do we know that? I don't know. I didn't read the, I didn't read the okay. stage direction. Anyways... Um, Maggie says they couldn't just have all his doubles use Expelliarmus, which, like, they could have, except, like, no one would have thought to ask to tell them to do that, because, like, we're fighting in the middle of the sky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, why are you disarming people? (laughs) It's just... Oh, Harry. He's precious. Bless his heart. Um, 
So Hagrid lets out a bellow of fear and steers the motorbike into a vertical dive. Um, Harry sends stunning spells flying at random into the whirling night. Um, He saw a body fly past him and knew he had hit one of them, but then he heard a bang and saw sparks from the engine. The motorbike spiraled through the air, completely out of control. Um, Green jets of light shot past him again. A hooded figure on a broomstick was feet from him. He saw it raise its arm. No. With a shout of fury, Hagrid launched himself off the bike at the Death Eater. To his horror, Harry saw both Hagrid and the Death Eater fall out of sight, their combined weight too much for the broomstick. Um, Harry hears Voldemort scream, mine. Um, It was over. He could not see or hear where Voldemort was. Um, He glimpsed another Death Eater swooping out of the way and heard, Avada, as the pain from Harry's scar forced his eyes shut, his wand acted of its own accord. He felt it drag his hand around like some great magnet, saw a spurt of golden fire through his half-closed eyelids, heard a crack and a scream of fury. Um, Voldemort screamed, no. Somehow Harry found his nose within an inch from the dragon fire button. He pushed it um, with his wand free hand and then hurtled straight toward the ground. Hagrid, Hagrid, Accio Hagrid, which doesn't work because you're not supposed to be able to um, Accio living creatures. Um, Amani says Hagrid is a literal ride or die. Just literally. It is, it is, it is true. Um, Harry could see nothing but distant lights growing nearer and nearer. Um, your, uh, and then he hears your wand, Selwyn, give me your wand. So like, sorry, Lucius. (laughs) (laughs) You just out here. I mean, I guess he can like, they have Ollivander. So it's not like he can't get a new one. But, right. you know, it's a, um, what's the word? Inconvenience. That's what it is. Um, he felt Voldemort before him, uh, before he saw him, looking sideways. He stared into the red eyes and was sure they would be the last thing he ever saw. Um, and then Voldemort vanished. Harry looked down and saw Hagrid spread eagled on the ground below him. Um, he pulled hard on the handlebars to avoid hitting him, groped for the break, but with an ear-splitting ground trembling crash he smashed into a muddy pond they just disrespected my man Sirius's bike mm. it's like the well was he doing that or was the death eater who made it that's break true down? that's true yeah. cool just, everything of Sirius's is gone that's not true his house I mean it's not as exciting but it's there his house and his house elf and like the and the shard of the mirror shard oh god <laughs> <laughs> he still has girl. it. Girl. Doesn't he have it in his sock or some shit? Girl. I'm just saying. I am just saying. Okay. Um, who's, who's your MVP? Hedwig, Giselle, Knowles, Knowles Carter. Because I mean, she, listen, she, she, she we found always an talk about. Right? She said, I right. have to go. And like, oh, now you got me in the middle of this battle. Like, I need, I, I've done my, I've done my job. Like, I've already, I've seen you through. And I now gotta it's go. time for me to go. Like, stop trying to lug me around. You ain't gonna take me horcrux hunting. With, like, so why? I'm not about to just sit up at the borough. I have nope. to go. I, I have, have, I have I an have international, plans. like, internationally acclaimed career to, to jump get started. Off, you know? And so she, she saw her opportunity and she took it. And Harry's all sad and whatever, but, like, she is Beyonce. So let her be Beyonce. Right. Do you think that Beyonce lets Harry get free tickets now? Yeah, probably. Shows? Yeah, why not? Just throw him a little something. Just him, though. Yeah. And, like, he still has to buy merch, so. Right. 
Yeah. Just you. You can't bring that poor Jean motherfucker to the not show. I mean, you could bring her, but she can't come backstage. Yeah. Do you think Harry knows too? She, he's like, Beyonce just like reached out to me. Maybe it's because I'm the chosen one. And so she just likes having like famous people around. But I, whenever I see her, I feel something. Yeah. Like we've been, like, you know, I just felt like the first time I met her, I felt like I'd known her forever. Mm-hmm. And she knows things about me mm-hmm. that she shouldn't know. But she's also Beyonce. Right. So maybe she just knows. Yeah. Anyway, Hedwig Giselle knows Carter is also my MVP because we talk a lot about how Beyonce can make an entrance, but man, could she make an exit? An exit, okay? She said, I can get you from coming and going. Coming and going. Said boy bye 20 something years before she made that a, that a thing. Okay. She was sitting on it. She's she like, was. I'll bring that back. Yeah. She was like, it worked this time. It just. When oh that's when and that's when Harry found out twenty something years later, when his friend Beyonce sent him a link to Lemonade mm-hmm. early, and he thought, "Wow!" And then it said, "Boy, bye," and he was like, "What? Hedwig, is that you?" Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Um. So, <laughs> Amani MVPs Hedwig for making studio time to launch her brilliant career and showing Harry who runs the world. Girls, mm-hmm. um, Muggle uh, Maggie makes uh, Hedwig her MVP for giving Harry her all and making her way to America to change the world. Elle gives Bayana the MVP for the only HP retcon that she will ever fully accept. What retcon? Boy, bye. What retcon? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It must have been something we said. Maybe something about Had- Hagrid's wand. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we were we were retconning some things in there. Um, Ariana makes Hedwig her MVP for transcending it to her new life. Um, Tiana makes Mad-Eye her MVP for being a strong, badass aura who was serious, constantly vigilant, and held his own, even with babysitting Mundungus. Mm-hmm. Um, Portia wants you to know that when Harry saw her latest bird performance at Global Citizens, that's when he finally got it. Yeah, with the feathers that's on when. the... I mean... With the feathers you know, on... That's yeah. when it all clicked. And he was like, okay, I thought I knew. I thought I recognized yeah. the, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It takes some time, you know? It just Especially t- if she's not, like, being forthright, right? Yeah. She's not coming out and saying it, yeah. you know? That's, yeah. like, too on the nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I benched Tom. How dare you? Because, but okay. like, what do you mean, how dare I? We have a plan. We, okay, but we have a plan, but we're not about to just be out here forcing that shit. Um, so I'm bitching Tom because, okay. like, he is the worst. Um, also, I'm pretty sure I'm bitching Snape next chapter, so um, Thomas, he can go. For all, you know, y'all know why. It's it's Voldemort. Yeah, you're bitching Tom because he's Tom. Like, it's not even because he's Tom. Like, all that shit. Point blank, doing, period. Like, it's just, you know. <laughs> Tom doing Tom things. The other know? thing too is that I honestly do think he's gonna win this book, but I want Snape to win the series. I don't care if Snape wins this book. It makes sense. So it's Tom, like, I, like. Uh, oh, he yeah. does. Yeah, because it's just his cumulative. Yeah, it's cumulative. It's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom can go um, and sit. I benched Snape, and actually not just because of my plan, but because of giving the correct like he could have just let Yaxley have that one have that win um but giving Voldemort the correct information 
then directly leads to, you know, I mean, Hedwig needed to go and live and start her own life mm-hmm. anyway. That was going to happen regardless. But Mundungus didn't need to be there. Uh, Mad Eye didn't need to die. And that wouldn't have happened had they just stuck with the plan. Yeah. I mean, um, to be honest, Dumbledore's portrait did tell Snape to tell him. So there's that. But Dumbledore's but portrait. Like, that's a portrait. a portrait. It is a portrait. You don't got to listen to everything. That's true. I'm not. I'm not taking advice from from chocolate frog cards. It's true. You're, you're, you know, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's a portrait. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you said that. I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. I thought you were just saying like that as a suggestion. I didn't know that it was a um, an, a command. And I also didn't realize that I was taking commands from Canvas. I'll do better next time. Um. Okay. So Imani bitches Thomas for talking all that mess for years and still can't kill an unremarkable 16-year-old wizard, which I mean, it's still like it's a forever mood to me because just (laughs) he's unremarkable. He is. Mediocre man. Very middling. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie bitches Snape for being really bad at supposedly being on the side of good by countering the bad intel with real intel on this operation, resulting in the death and destruction and cursing of cursing off George's ear in the process, not accepting excuses or mitigating circumstances. Yep. Just the whole thing. Mm-hmm. George's ear. I mean, we get a good joke. We do get some jokes. That's true. Support ear. L benches uh, Voldy for his seventh or eighth one-on-one fail against a child, the same child, mm-hmm. the same child who is middling. Yeah. Only got one Hasn't outstanding OWL. <laughs> How many OWLs do you think Tom got? I'm pretty, he probably got all of them. All of them, probably, right? Yeah. Like, Harry isn't even good on paper. No. <laughs> you it's can't. True. Wow. Um, Tiana benches Mundungus for being a disgusting coward and leaving Mad Eye. Mm-hmm. Side Eye award to Dumbledore because he put Mundungus there. Why we will never know. Why? Why? Mundungus ain't need to be in no order. Why? He didn't ask for it. We didn't ask for it. Jeez. Um, and Ariana benches Snape for tipping off the Death Eaters and the ear. Mm-hmm. Both those Word. things word um thank you for listening next week we will discuss chapter five of harry potter and the deathly hollows fallen warrior make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real mvp and who has been for the chapter um join the conversation on twitter at we black and nerds hashtag wizard team um join our slack channel uh it is a pretty simple thing to do you can just go to our um website and then scroll to the bottom and there's like a little thing you just throw your email in there we get a ding that you want us to add you to our slack um the one that we talked to like the patronuses that we talked to is like the only um lock like you have to pay to get into that particular channel but we have a bunch of open channels to talk about topics that are in like it's not just harry potter we have doctor who we have uh marvel we have we have a whole channel dedicated to beyonce we have a whole channel dedicated to black hair and like fashion and like so it's it's it like kind of spans a lot of things um so if that's Mm -hmm. something you're interested in uh feel free to join it's again it's pretty simple you don't have to pay to join you just 
it's just one particular channel within the whole Slack that Patronuses get access to. Um, that is locked. So, yeah. You should join that. And we will talk to you next week. See you then. Bye, y'all. Thank you.